Good morning and welcome to The Real Real Estate Show. I'm your host, Christine Koenig with Howard Hanna Rand Realty in New York and New Jersey. Hosting today with... Dave Wilner from Pillar to Post. We're yes. just everywhere. The ever popular home inspector. Hey! Hey! So uh, Dave and I are going to catch up a little bit. We kind of already know the answer to how was your weekend. Because um, we spent it together. Because <laughs> we did, we did. And we decided that it was going to be a great jumping off point for our show today, which... We're going to focus on, uh, we're going to start with the failure to launch inspection um, and kind of roll into um, a week in the life. I, you know, I feel like this past week for me has been the highs and the lows, the ups and the downs, right? Everything that... The trials and tribulations? The, yes, the trials, the tribulations, everything that goes into um, what it means to, to really foster, right? A home sale process, whether uh, both on the buy side and the sell side. I mean, I, I've, it's been a crazy week, and I just felt like... I don't know why, but I find your crazy to be great radio. <laughs> <laughs> it's good, that's good, because this week it's going to be great radio. Um, and by the way, I know that you also have, have these weeks of ups and downs and a great inspection and a really cool house, and then like a terrible inspection, and you wouldn't believe what I've seen, and no, wait, wait, don't touch that. So I just thought it would be um, instrumental for our listeners to hear. I, I actually, you know, uh, we, we did get to use the no, no, don't touch that uh, on this last inspection, didn't we? Uh, what was he looking at? The electrical panel? He was touching a switch while, yeah. while you were touching the electric. Oh, yeah, don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> so. Oh, why did this all shut off? Oh, yeah. <laughs> So anyway, that being said, how was how was the rest of your weekend? How is everything going? Ah, you know, I mean, it's uh, so you know where everybody else gets to relax on the weekends. I feel like in the real estate industry, this is our time to to get to work and, yeah. and buckle down and get some stuff done. I mean, I had uh, you know four jobs over the weekend. I mean, it's an, busy. Yeah, I'm a little tired. Yes. Yeah, so uh, still got to go pick up some radons today. So. We'll see, you know, but, uh, but, you know, failure to launch, not just a great Matthew McConaughey movie. Yes. Sarah Jessica Parker movie. Very good. Very good. But also uh, a bit of an issue in the home inspection, right? Yeah. You know, in, in our case this week, we had, um, you know, I had clients who had an accepted offer on a property from last weekend and the agent had said to me, Hey, can you hold off on scheduling? because the owner wants to have the gas turned back on and make sure all the utilities are working. Makes perfect sense. Um, yes, it does. We waited a full week to do our inspection. Um, and then we get there and- Nada. Nothing. I mean, not only that, but something was wrong. Like when I used the keys and I couldn't get in the front door. Yeah. And then the keys wouldn't work um, on the side door. And then I went around to the back door and part of the screen door was ripped off and laying in the driveway. Um, and the back door was wide open. So I, I knew that, that was, it was, we were off to an auspicious start. Yeah, damaged back door, uh, no natural gas supply, no uh, water supply to the house. I mean, it's... Correct, uh, it was right after that, free, that freeze. And so I can only, only fingers hope crossed, that right? everything is okay. Um, so I am still patiently waiting to hear from that listing agent with some sort of a status. And I know over the weekend, it's hard to get um, people in there to, you know, dewinterize things or whatever. So I will assume we will be touching base today. Well, but. you know, now that it, 
it's a little late to think about this, but nothing had a winterized sticker on it. No, it didn't. I know. So I'm super interested to see what's uh, what's really happening there. Anyway, mm. so that this was truly a, a, fail, a failure to launch inspection. And it's, you know, part of my job is to be realistic with my clients. Part of them is to, you know, keep 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 looking forward, right? Letting them know what happens next, trying not to well, so play for, the Debbie Downer. For, let's like, let's and, tell it, the listeners what we do, right? right? So basically all I can do as a home inspector is as much as I can do. Right. Without gas supply, without water supply, it's a little limited. Just a little. Bless you, Dave. Thank you. <laughs> but they, uh, so, you know, clearly we can do the interior. We can do some of the structure things. Um, you know, knowing that I'm returning to the house, I do kind of, because it was a really cold day that day. Oh, my goodness. It was the coldest of the cold days. You know, I think it was six or seven degrees out. Uh, I said, well, I'll do the roof when I come back. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, so we just sort of reschedule things. And I do as much of the report as I can, put it out to the customer, get the information there. Uh, and then I'll go back and do an edit to that. Right. And that way we keep a chain, sort of a chain of custody, right? It's a chain of procedure uh, that that dates everything as we do it uh, in the report. Right. Right. Listen, you have to try to be, um, as I said, as as direct with your clients, right? Like in my mind, this house still has like a 60% chance of going to of close. Go, of going to close. But, you know, before the inspection, I would have put us at a 90% chance. So um, that was a 30% drop in, in a day. Did the customer, how do you feel the customer walked away from it? Were they upset? Were they disappointed? I would go with disappointed. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, it's um, it's frustrating. I'm sure they were frustrated. And I'm sure they're, you know, like thinking, double thinking their decision. Like, what's going on in this house? Right? All we had was bad news all day. Right? Bad news. The keys don't work. It looks like someone had to rip part of the door off in order to get in. It's laying in the driveway. Right? Now, I walk in the house I was told the gas, like all the utilities would be turned on. None of them were. The only news we got from Dave really was, hey, this furnace looks old and I see scorch marks. Mm. Um, and so, you know, if I was them, I, I you know, I'm surprised I didn't call, get a call saying we're done. Right. Uh, I, you know, I mean, like as a home inspector, I mean, listen, I, I'm very conscious that this home is important to my clients. Right. They, Correct. They've made, they've gone so far to put an offer on a house to have that offer accepted, to go down this road shopping and searching for a home, and they love it, right? right? So you do have to approach it with a little bit of caution, but you have to put the facts in the paper. Yeah. And you have to explain things, sometimes point blank, so that they really understand them, but you know, without the color commentary mm -hmm. is important, right? So the furnace has scorch marks. What does that mean? Well, I don't actually know yet until we turn it's it turned on. on. No assumptions, no, no, you know. Correct, but you can speak to the age of yes, it, which was absolutely. old. Absolutely. Right? Would we, we, I think we were talking like 30 years old. It's got to be. I mean, yeah, I, yeah I, would, I would probably put it at over, it, just as a best guess, over 20 for sure. Oh, for sure over and, 20. And, and, you know, that's really, now you're talking about past this expected life expectancy. Right. Yeah. Uh, most furnaces out there in the world really only have a 16 to 20, maybe 25 year operational life expectancy. Right, I feel like gas furnaces generally last a little longer than oil. Technically, technically, if you have an oil fired cast iron boiler, 
I mean, they're rated up to 30 years. Right. And well-maintained systems can last longer than that. Um, I've actually seen systems that were operational, recently serviced and inspected uh, in some cases. And this is not typical listeners. Don't get excited about this. But I, I have seen them as as old as almost 80 years. Wow. wow. Still working. Yeah. Um, there's probably not an original part on it. Correct. They get rebuilt a lot. And, you know, right. and, and I do he- I do see that a lot. Like, you know, the furnace is sold, but we had this part rebuilt and this part rebuilt that we have the receipts. And so at that point in time, even though the body of the furnace might be older, the parts that make it work are newer. Right. 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 So, I mean, it's kind of, I mean, I don't know. In my mind, it's like maintaining your car, right? You do your regular oil changes. You do your regular maintenance. Uh, at a certain point, you know, you're, the, the expense of maintaining your car gets a little too much to, you, you make a choice. Do I right. want to keep this and keep pouring money into it? Or do I want to buy a new one? Right. And it's kind of the same thing with a furnace. You know, you can do that. The nice thing about updating a furnace or a boiler is that typically the more modern ones are more efficient. So if you're looking to save a few money, some money, if you're looking to maybe change fuels for whatever reason, if you want right. to go from oil to gas to solar to heat pump or electric, uh, you have those options and you know you should think about it strategically. I agree completely. And look at that. We are going to take break a time. quick break and listen to our sponsors. We'll be right back. This is Rachel Heiss, branch manager of Howard Hanna Rand Realty. Right now is a great time to buy or sell. Buyers can take advantage of low interest rates and sellers can get top dollar for their homes in this high demand market. Our agents utilize the most innovative tools and market knowledge to help you achieve your real estate goals. Give us a call at 845-986-4848. At Howard Hanna Rand Realty, home happens here. Hudson United Mortgage is the number one mortgage company specializing in residential loans in New York and New Jersey, where Mike Van Mansard is offering first-time home buyers low down payment options and a mortgage that saves you money and time. Licensed in New York, New Jersey, and Connecticut, Mike Van Mansard will patiently walk you through the maze of applying for a mortgage and is available for all your questions. Call Mike Van Mansart now to set up an appointment or for more information, contact Mike at HudsonMortgage.com. Hi, this is Grace Warren, a licensed real estate agent for Howard Hanna Rand Realty for more than 20 years. And I'm ready to hear your wants and needs. And then I will help you fulfill your goals. As a full-time residential specialist and longtime resident of Orange County, I know the Orange County market very well. And whether you're a buyer or seller, my priority is your satisfaction. For more information, please visit my website, gracewarren.randrealty.com, and let's get together. Hi, this is Tom Fursey. Sing along to relive the memories of the 1980s on The Magic of the 80s. Saturday night, starting at 6 on WTBQ, playing the best music. Magic of the 80s. Hi, this is John Douthat, president of Burke Catholic. And this is Janice Clark, principal of Burke Catholic. We are inviting you to join us every Friday at noon on the BC Connection. Where you will learn all the great things happening at Burke Catholic. Right here on Radio Worth Listening To. I'm gonna make this place your home. And welcome back to The Real Real Estate Show. 
Uh, I'm your host, David Wilner from Pillar to Post Home Inspectors, and I'm here with Christine Koenig. And as always, we are brought to you by WTBQ 93.5 FM. I love that. I love that. So um, today we decided we're going to talk about like a week in the life, things that go on, um, and kind of talk about, I thought that it was relevant in the way that each thing that you or I do during the week, some of our clients are going through, right? Um, and people who might be listening, if they're thinking of buying or selling, will probably have that hurdle, right? Yes. Um, you know, when I was thinking about it today, it's interesting because, you know, my job is to move everything through, communicate information. Um, Provide negotiations. Yes, well, negotiate, but also do all of those things um, in a way that doesn't doesn't alarm, right, someone or, or bring undue stress until such a time as, as you might have to, right? Right. So, you know, something as simple as saying, you know, hey, I want to put an offer in um, on a house, right, which I had someone who did that this week. Is it accepted? Is it not? How many offers are in there? How am I positioning that offer, right? How am I following up on that offer? What um, what am I hearing? Is what I'm hearing really what's going on there, right? Or, so right? What does that mean? What are you hearing? Well, how do you... So, okay, so I have a client yeah. who put um, an offer in on a house in uh, Mount Olive, New Jersey, uh, last week. And it was competitive. It had just come back on the market. It had been on the market at a very high number um, and had slowly worked its way down. Then the listing expired. It came back on the market at a lower number, and that's when it popped onto their radar. So we went to see it. And, um, you know, we walked around. The house is only two years old, so, like, What's going on there? Why are they moving? Are there any problems? Is what's going on in the area, right? Like we don't know the scenario, right? And so, uh, you know, my, you know, my buyers always like, well, why are they selling? Well, I'm, I represent you. I don't know who they are. So let's just look at the house and, and decide if you like it, and then I'll start to dig into the details. Okay. Um, so as this one turns out, it was relocation. Mm -hmm. um, the people were that's re a good being sign. relocated out of the area, um, and they were trying to sell it on their own. Um, and the number was high, but when they turned it over to the relocation company, they had a much better, um, they were less emotionally invested in that number and said, look, here's what we're going to sell it for. Here's what the market says. Bah, bah, bah. Um, and they actually listed it a little under market value, um, mm. uh, because they want to draw competition in and get the highest number they can. Um, so when we sat down and said, Hey, look, here's where we're at. Um, I did the market analysis for my buyers. I said, you know, really, I think that you could go, you know, from where the list point is, you could even go a little higher. I think they put this number to be competitive. Um, and so, you know, my guys are like, yeah, but did they? And I'm like, okay, I understand why, you know, you might feel that way. It's already been on the market so long. I said, so let's let's put a good offer in and see where we go. So we put our first offer in a little under asking, um, and it was competitive um, with two other offers. So they came back in with a slightly higher number and, you know, I gave them all my advice about, um, you know, if someone got it for a thousand dollars more than you, would you be upset? Would you say I would pay that? Because if you would, you should have that be part of your number, right? Like figure out where, where that house, what's, what's it worth to you? What's it not? Um, they were firm. They were comfortable. If they lost the house, they weren't going to be upset. So we pushed forward, right? That's, that's my first part is like making sure everybody's good with that offer. We put it in. I think that's an important part. What you just said is that if they lose the house, they're okay. Yeah. It's, it's important, right? Yeah. The, no, it's, it's important trust builder, right? Cause yeah. I don't want to have someone say to me, well, you didn't tell me. 
right? Well, I can't know what's going to go on, but I can counsel you how to be most comfortable with whatever the circumstances are at the end of the day. But whenever you're negotiating in any kind of negotiation, yeah. you really have to be willing to lose, yeah. right? Yep. Uh, if you're going to stand your ground, otherwise you're just going to do whatever right. you want. Escal right. You, you, you're going to end up never being confident that you didn't overpay. Right. Right. So anyway, as it turns out, they did not get the house. Mm. And then four days later, I get the call. <laughs> the first offer backed out. We were in second place. We want the house. Okay. Right. And that was Friday. Um, and so I call and these guys are like, yes, yes, yes. We're like, okay, we've got um, now because it's in Relo, they have their own special paperwork. By the time the agent had gotten to me, I got the paperwork to them. They were in meetings at work because they're working. Um, we got the stuff back to the, you know, signed and returned to the agent, maybe 3.50, 3.55 in the afternoon on a Friday. And the Relo company closes at four o'clock on the Friday. Ouch. So they did not have a chance to fully execute the contracts before the end of day on Friday. So now I'm trying to explain like, okay, our offer is in. We did what we needed to do, but they didn't have a chance to do what they needed to do. Um, the seller is not going to do an open house, but she was told she has to allow showings for the weekend. So if another offer comes in, we're kind of back to square one, you know, and so it's this emotional Stressful. roller coaster, Stressful. right? Yeah. Uh, and, you know, on the back end, I'm, I'm having a less than cordial conversation with this agent saying, you know, are you kidding me? We got you all the signed paperwork. Your deadline to me was four o'clock. To which she says, no, my deadline, what I said to you was that they leave at four o'clock. And I'm like, really? Uh, so I'm like doing my breathing, trying, right? Because I know I have to work with this agent for another two months, right? And so I can't really say all of the words going through my head, right? I, it's I, a good thing you're doing this over the phone. Yes, because I They would I have, have read no, that on your no face No poker face whatsoever. <laughs> anyway, so now I've been like bated breath for this morning. Like she called me right at nine o'clock. They did get another offer over the weekend, but the, but the reload company decided to stay with our offer, right? Get them that deposit check. And I'm like, you'll have it by the end of the day. All right. So, right. So that was just like one of the things going on, right? Then I have, uh, I had two different listings go live this week. Um, so putting all that paperwork together, doing the pictures, um, getting the right descriptions, right? Blasting that out, open house, right? Um, and... I got one offer on one house over the weekend and I'm expecting one on the other one. So Fantastic. it's like, you know, keeping everybody's expectations, like how do, do we overprice the house, right? That pricing conversation, like here are the comps, where should we price at? What's our, what's our strategy, right? Did, how did that strategy get fulfilled? Well, uh, the market's a little different now than it was, right? Yeah, I mean, it, it is you're still different. getting, it seems like the, the offers are coming in, but you don't have 10, you have two or three. That is correct. And pricing it, Pricing it right is important. People people know when it's overpriced now. And um, when you price something right, you will get those multiple offers. And that's the idea, right? Drive up the price just a little bit by pricing it properly. That's good. Um, but, you know, so with my open house, the, the morning of, I get a panicked call. You have to cancel my, there's one appointment before. You have to cancel the morning appointment. Uh-oh. Uh-oh, that's right. I said, what has happened? They're like, we don't know. There's some dripping water. I said, and it was just after all this cold. I'm like, do you think a pipe froze? They're like, it, it couldn't have because we had so heat the whole time. So the homeowner called you before the, the uh -huh. showing. And at, okay. So, and, and he's like, should we cancel the open house? I'm like, absolutely not. I said, I can, I can explain to people that something has happened. 
yeah. and that you're resolving it. I said, but we've done so much promotion. You get the most bang for your buck that first weekend. You do not want to turn anyone away that weekend. That is like, you've done all of this work for months ahead to get this house ready. We've done all this promotion for this one weekend. It does as long as the house is not Where on was fire. The leak? So as it turned out, they were doing some touching up um, and they put a piece of trim up and they nailed into the pipe uh, in more than one spot. Oh no. Yep. So I but, did this at my mother-in-law's house. Yeah. Anyway, it's not, and it's not a big deal. It feels like a big deal. Wow. Right. It, 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 the, <laughs> Should I t- should I tell you what I did? <laughs> yes, you can tell me what you did. I can tell you these guys immediately found the leak, turned the water off, right? Identified where the leak was, replaced the whole pipe, right? Now they just have some like drying and touching up. So That's the right thing to do. Okay, what did you do? So what did you do, Dave? <laughs> He's laughing if you can see his face. I wrapped epoxy around it. <laughs> <laughs> That's not what they did. Yeah, this is not recommended, people. Did, uh, I can't imagine that held for very long. Uh... Well, so uh, <laughs> over six, I mean, it held for six years. No. Oh. As far as I know. I mean, uh, the, she sold the house a couple of years ago, but is while we were there, it held for six years. So, I mean, it's been probably 15. I bet it's still right there. Wow. Yeah. That's impressive. Yeah. I can say I can't even get epoxy to hold to hold a leak on an inflatable pool. Oh, I used a putty that went all the way around the pipe. Right. Yeah, it was it was phenomenal. Okay. Yeah. I love it. I, I like, I hit it as soon as I knew it, I hit it. <laughs> and I, I, I thought, all right, I'm just gonna leave it there. It's like pulling a knife out of a wound. You never put, do that, right? No. So you just, I went, I got my epoxy putty and I pulled the nail out and it went squirt and I Oh, you it? didn't even drain the pipe before no, you did this. No. <laughs> I it all on there. <laughs> and it held. I was like, all right, I'm good. So, dear homeowners, yeah. please don't do this. That happened in New Jersey. <laughs> that makes it all better. Oh, my God. That's hysterical. So, anyway, so open house went well. We ended up with uh, nine different groups through it. So, for anyone who's hearing, like, Oh, the market is slowing, right? All that news you're hearing, ignore it. The market is still okay. We oh, still have plenty of buyers out there. I feel like, especially within the last two weeks, the market has popped. Yeah. I mean, we've been we've been very busy, uh, which is great. I mean, thank God. You know, knock on wood here. You knock. know that we stay busy and uh, yeah. you know uh, the business stays in good shape. But uh, you know, it's. Uh, you know, it was a little slow through December, which it always is. And it was a little slow in January, which... It usually is. It usually yeah. is. I mean, it usually uh, is so cold, nobody wants to go out in January. January for me is usually slower than December. Is that right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I, you know, good to be good to be back in the swing of things the right way. Yeah. Um, so, as as uh, as I wrap up with my, with my clients with the relocation property, um, you know... All paperwork is now signed and in. Check is going to the uh, um, clo- uh, to, well, to, well, reload. to the reload company. Says their deposit, um, and attorneys are now going to get you know get those um, contracts, and they'll and it's a New Jersey deal, so they'll have three days for attorney review, and then we'll be scheduling inspections. Fantastic! Yeah, we're really excited. Listen, I'm really excited for them. Um, it is one of those things where. You know, you are advocating, um, you know, you are advocating for your client every day in every way. So, um, 
you know, when something starts to come together, you're, you're cautiously optimistic for them. Um, I will say, you know, in the never ending saga, I did just get a text from that agent. Hey, you need to send me the sales contract again. The one she received was cut off on the bottom, right? Like it, it never ends. It's, yeah. Right. So I'm, right. And I told her I had one hour today where I would not be able to get back to her and that this was it. So. And what does she do? She sends you that message during your one hour. That is correct. Quesarasara. Um, anyway, we are going to take a quick break. We're going to listen to our sponsors and we'll be right back. O'Keefe & McCann is the only law firm for all your real estate transactions. Founding partner William O'Keefe will patiently guide you through every step, whether you're buying or selling property, commercial or residential, from the first meeting to the closing. O'Keefe & McCann earned their top rating due to their impeccable attention to detail, their dedication to a smooth closing, and the pride they take in their clients' complete satisfaction. They are with you throughout the entire process, ensuring a successful outcome. For the finest real estate attorney, visit omlawteam.com. Hi, this is Christine Koenig with Howard Hanna Rand Realty, and I love real estate. I grew up helping my dad fix up his investment properties. That knowledge and experience has fueled my passion for real estate. Licensed in New York and New Jersey for over 10 years, I focus my business on Orange, Passaic, and Sussex counties. Check out my website at christinekoenig.randrealty.com or listen to The Real Real Estate Show, Mondays at 10 a.m. I'm Paul Shad in Charlotte with Kathy Martindale in Nashville. We're so proud of bringing you the best singers in country music and the biggest stars in NASCAR. Every Sunday at 12 noon. Racing country. You have a car problem? Maybe it's a mechanic problem. Maybe it's not. Sounds like a job for me, Ron and Annie and the Car Doctor. That's right. Sunday morning today, get up early. Let's hang out. Let's talk about cars. Let's all get smarter. Let's solve some car problems. Ron and Annie and the Car Doctor, here Sunday mornings at 8. WTBQ GHT Weather. For this afternoon, we're going to see partly sunny skies, a high near 45 degrees. Tonight, it'll be mostly clear with an overnight low of 18. Tomorrow, we'll see increasing clouds and a high near 41 degrees. On Wednesday, it'll be mostly sunny. We'll see a high near 47 as we look to the rest of the week. Thursday, we're going to see rain mainly in the afternoon. Otherwise, it'll be cloudy and a high near 51 degrees. And on Friday, it'll be mostly sunny. We'll see a high near 52. From the WTBQ Weather Center, I'm Mark Perry. WTBQ. I'm going to make this place your home. Welcome back to The Real Real Estate Show. I'm your host, Christine Koenig, hosting today with... Dave Wilner. And we are talking about a week in the life. Um, and A home inspector and, uh, and, a, and real a real estate, estate agent. agent. So um, it's, uh, it, it is interesting, all the, all the different crazy things that go on. Um, you Your know. life is crazier with this stuff than mine. I mean, at the end of the day, I, you know, I go, I do a job, I leave, I make, send out a report. You know, it's, my job's fairly straightforward. That doesn't mean I don't see crazy stuff on the job. Right, right. But, you know, I mean, as far as, uh, you know, what what's going on with those, you know, with the schedule, I mean, it's either either have jobs or I don't. Right. Um, but uh, this weekend, you know, A, well, I'll continue to see this, this pop in Port Jervis, right? That is, Port Jervis just seems to be on fire. Right. And... Um, and now I'm seeing more commercial investments in Port Jervis as well. So, I mean, I inspected 
Uh, well, I have four houses in the port to inspect this week. I did two yesterday. I have two more on Thursday. And uh, they're all multifamily units with, uh, you know, fully leased. And uh gentleman is buying them as, a, as an investment. So people are looking to go into the port, you know, and to put investment dollars into the port, which is great to hear. Yeah, I think uh, I think it's been undervalued and it's underappreciated for a long time. So I really, um, you know, I'm in and out of, of Port Jervis. I feel like as a real estate agent, um, things are cyclical, right? Um, I will find that I'll do two or three deals in one town, right? And I'm just like, why is everyone buying in? I don't know, Campbell Hall this week. It's very interesting. Right. Right. And then I won't circle back to Campbell Hall for like a year. I don't like it's very it's it's very interesting. And that same thing has happened in Port Jervis where, um, you know, I hadn't been in port in a while. And then I think I have four buyers kind of poking around there right now. Yeah. Um, and so. Well, right now, I think it's a value buy, right? Correct. Correct. And I know that that has a lot to do with it. Um, you know, historically. The, the port has kind of had like, you know, is that renaissance coming or isn't it? Is it or isn't it? Right. But if you walk down the, you know, the main street now, you will see that there has been some real investment in businesses, mm-hmm. um, in facelifts for outside of buildings. And, um, you know, there's some really fun coffee shops there now. And um, you got a, a couple new restaurants popping in and, um, you know, it's located right along the river. They have a bunch of really nice parks. They've got like a great pump track for kids and um, a pump track. So What's it's a like, pump track? It, think about if you were a dirt bike rider. Yeah. Right. Ups and downs and banks and turns. But it's paved. Um, huh. So you can bring like your, um, like a lot of times they have those BMX bikes that don't even have um, pedals pedals on them. And like, so you, right, you do really? that. You can, yeah. I mean, they got a lot of fun stuff there. I kind of want to do that. Well, last time I was there, the only person, it was, it. What? granted, I was there walking the river um, and there, it was, like nine o'clock. So all the kids were in school. The only person that was there was someone our age. Wow. <laughs> wow. On, his, on his old school BMX bike. I nice. loved it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that would be me. <laughs> oh, for sure. So um, anyway, it's got, there's nice hiking over there. Anyway, there's, there, they, you know, there's, st- there's, yeah, the area has a lot to said, offer. There's still a lot of um, homes that, could use a lot of work. Yeah. I put that mildly. Yeah. Well, listen, I mean, this happens with all towns as they go through their ups and downs, right? right. Now, right now, yes, the town needs that investment. Mm-hmm. It needs uh, uh, that renaissance to update and rehab those homes that have yeah. kind of right. and, gotten you know, a little out of. The other thing that I've seen, especially because you have a lot of people coming up from the city looking for that weekend home. Yep. Um, and it's on the train line. Yep. So even though it's a long train ride, if you're coming out for the weekend, you can take that two hour train ride knowing that you can walk to most places in the port. You can walk or get an Uber. Yeah. A two hour train ride is uh, for a lot of people. They, you know, you live in the city. Maybe you don't even have a car that you keep there. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. So it's, that's why it's nice because you can, if you're right down in the center of town, you can walk to all the restaurants, you can walk to the river, right? It's, it makes it an easy, an easy place to, escape to for a few days ah, i love that yeah me too yeah so i hope that that renaissance does continue there me too so. me too i like to see these old towns come back mm-hmm. uh, that being said um circling back to a week in the life yeah uh, we were w- one of the other things that i had this week was a 
was a closing, which as a real estate agent, right, after all this hard work, we finally get paid. Yeah. Um, it's, it's a nice day. <laughs> yes. Like, by the way, when we walk into the office on, uh, after we've closed, we have a check in hand. We have a bell that we ring and we do a little happy dance. Mm-hmm. Um, it is, uh, it's a cathartic moment that said, oh my God, we made it over the finish line. I'm doing my dance. <laughs> Nice. So, nice. I know. But that being said, no closing is without drama. Mm-mm. So uh, at, what happened at this closing? So we're going to start by saying the sellers were not completely out as we were doing our walk through the morning of the closing. Um, the sellers movers were also moving them out simultaneously. So our walkthrough was not of a completely empty home, which is OK, um, you know, because we were able to turn all the water on, we were able to make sure all the things were working. But sure. um, while we were there, you know, we checked the attic. There, you know, there was an old condenser that wasn't removed from the attic, um, which we weren't expecting. You expect that all the stuff comes out of the house, right? Um, so that was there. We had a uh, refrigerator that had LED lights that were malfunctioning, um, and it wasn't that they wouldn't turn on; it's that they strobe lit. Disco fridge? It was a disco fridge. It was a lot. Wow. Um, And that's, you know, electrical problems are not easy to isolate. Um, And it was not like that during the home inspection. And that's the key. Mm. Um, And then lastly, we had um, the bathroom that would, like, there's the bathroom in the main bedroom. And then there was the bathroom in the hallway. So the hallway bathroom that the kids would be using, the shower didn't divert. Oh, when they tried to activate it from from the tap. It wouldn't divert to the shower head. That is correct. So, um, you know, that's that's a lot to find in one walkthrough. Do you use the hot water? I use bo- oh, everything. Yeah, okay. And so um, that being said, we ended up needing to negotiate a credit at the end of the at the end of the day because we weren't going to... Was the house on well water? Yes. Yes. Did you look at the water pressure? Water pressure was fine. High even. High pressure. Over 60? I don't have I don't have that information. Yet. Ah, see, okay. I'm going to give you a tip. <laughs> okay, let's hear. It. I was getting there. I was trying I to know, get there. I know you were. You're like, I'm like, where are we going with this? There are clues in this, right? So, <laughs> so home inspector hat, right? If I if I tried to activate the shower and you can't get the shower head to activate, mm-hmm. that could indicate low water pressure. Mm-hmm. So the first thing that I'm going to do at that point is run down to the pressure tank and see what the pressure is holding. Right. Normal well water pressure should be between 40 and 60 PSI. Okay. So even though you're getting good pressure from maybe something closer to the pump, mm-hmm. right? Maybe this bathroom was further away. So it could have a pressure differential in it. And maybe 35 pounds is enough to make the kitchen sink work right, but it's not enough to divert the water in the shower head. Hmm. Interesting. And low pressure can cause other issues with with a lot of, you know, with a lot of your appliances, your washer, your dryer, your dishwasher. Uh, if you're not getting good water flow, you may not be getting your dishes clean. You may not be getting your clothes. Hmm. And what if your city water and vice versa, you have uh, too high pressure coming in? Like I have a condo and the pressure that comes in that condo is so high and I'm pretty sure it's not right. Yeah, high pressure can cause a lot of problems too. High pressure can actually cause leaks in the water distribution system. Uh, it can, you know, it can cause, it can cause issues as well. Hmm. You really don't want it to be high or low. You want it to be in that middle range between 40 and 60 PSI. All right. And how, so you can step down the water pressure. If you have city water, Mm -hmm. a lot of places like, like places out West that have water supply from 
high altitudes, right. they might have water pressure coming in at 150 PSI. They have to step it down before it hits the house. Right. And they, they, I, isn't there some sort of like a, a like a piece that does that? Yes, there is. There right. is. But you got to get a plumber to do that. Oh, for sure. That's not a... That would yeah. not be a Christine do you, it, yeah, do it, you, do it you, yourself project. You can ask for a pressure step down and a, a plumber will know exactly what you're talking about and how to put it in. Okay. They put it in just, uh, just after the meet and just before the meter mm -hmm. on the, on the line coming into the house. Oh, wait, wait. Should hit, it should be there before so the meter. So if it's a condo and my meter is out in the street somewhere. You can have it in the unit too, uh, it, actually, if there's a long enough run between, I guess, between the meter and the distribution, it doesn't really matter. But uh, yes, that is a good question. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah, Interesting. and the longer the longer the run, the better it is because it's solid pipe. Right. It's the joints that are going to leak. Yeah. All right. Well, good. I'm going to now add that onto my uh, list of maintenance items to work on at the condo. Thanks, Steve. Yeah. Well, you know, <laughs> I mean, a, a too high a water pressure. I mean, some of the like your dishwasher hose. I was going to uh, say washer, washer, the washing machine might just be clamped on. Right. You know, if yeah. the water pressure is that high, I mean, it could leak, it could blow it off. You could, it, all kinds of things could happen. Right. So, yeah. Awesome. Um, all right. So what else do we have in the, in the week? Ah, market analysis. Oh, let's talk about that because I did a few of those this week too. Fun. So, those are my least favorite thing to do. Why? Um, so on one hand, I know that I should be rocking these things and love doing them because they lead to business, right? Um, on the other hand, um, I I like the person part of my job. I like helping people. Right? I like step by step, right? The digging in, right? The put the glasses on, dig into the data, um, you know, trying to find what is an actual comp versus something, right? Like what's the value differential between these features and the ones this house has, right? The, the, how new is the stuff here versus there? What is the, like, what can I attribute a financial difference to? How do I kind of like paint the broad strokes? Um, I can't give someone an exact number. I don't know what the house is going to sell for. So I'm going to give Come them- Come on, where's the crystal ball? I'm going to give them a range of what I think it's going to sell for, right? And then, um, you know- practicing you always are practicing your presentation practicing that presentation in my head to make sure um that i'm telling the story about this home and where it sits in this in this market right um and doing so in a way because sometimes not you know sometimes you want to find the right the way numbers, the numbers tell the story yes and no um you know homes are emotional mm, right okay and i can't just go in with a number I have to talk people through, right? Like all the really nice parts of their home, um, how they're bringing value, what, right? What, what buyers in today's market are gonna like about it. Um, and I always do that before I tell them the other part of that, which is, you know, maybe the home is older or needs some work or, and people who live there don't always see it, right? So now I'm telling them the negative part, right? So it's trying to balance like the story, how it's being told and then sharing the market value for them, right? And some people are acutely aware of their what's going on in their homes and others, they just aren't. Maybe they haven't even been out to look at other homes yet to know where well, their home sits. People can go blind to what's going on in their house. Of course they too. can. I mean, you're, you're so much, you know, especially when you walk into a new house, you're always critical. But in your own home, you're like, yeah, I know the faucet leaks. Right, <laughs> right. I mean, oh, Christine, it's time for a break.
Uh, already? I know. All right. We'll be right back. Stay tuned for more Real Real Estate Show. Chris Steritz has been an award-winning associate broker for more than 28 years. Chris's, Chris's vast knowledge of Orange County ensures that your goals will be met whether you are a buyer or a seller, and she will help with your home inspection, mortgage, and appraisal process. She's also a specialist in corporate relocation, and the home inventory on her website is always current. For more information or to contact Chris, visit chrissteritz.brandrealty.com. Pillar to Post Home Inspectors is your number one choice when buying or selling a home in the Hudson Valley. Pillar to Post Inspectors are experienced, informative, and very knowledgeable. We will examine the structure, plumbing, heating, cooling, and electrical systems. Our thorough inspection will identify important factors, which may save buku dollars when making a home purchase. For more information or to schedule your home inspection, call the owner, David Wilner, at 845-610-5366. Visit PillarToPost.com backslash David Wilner. Hi, this is Brenda Wiley with Howard Hanna Rand Realty. Looking for a weekend getaway, a year-round retreat, or maybe you're considering selling. I'll help to bring your vision to a reality. Enjoy four seasons of lakefront living on Greenwood Lake. Go fishing, swimming, and boating all summer long. And when fall arrives, go apple picking, hiking, or skiing on Mount Peter. Visit brendabwiley.randrealty.com and let's find the home of your dreams. Hi, this is Dr. David Leach, the superintendent of the Warwick Valley Central School District and host of Your Schools. Listen every Monday at 12 noon to learn what's happening in your schools right here on WTBQ, radio worth listening to. Tune into the nonprofit Notebook, your resource for and about people helping people. Learn about all the events and services available for you, friends, or family. Open your nonprofit Notebook Tuesdays at 11 a.m. Radio worth listening to. I'm gonna make this place your home. And welcome back to the Real Real Estate Show on WTBQ 93.5 FM. I'm your host, David Wilner from Pillar to Post Home Inspectors, and I'm here with my co-host. Christine Koenig with Howard Hanno Rand Realty out of New York and New Jersey. How are you, how's it all going? Oh, it's going well. <laughs> How is your morning going? Dave is laughing at me because I am fielding text messages from from an agent about a contract i can't even look at on my phone right now um and i'm unclear need 10 minutes to get off the air i know i'm texting her which which by the way i so clearly told her i was unavailable from 10 to 11 today and i've gotten five messages from her in like a panic mode i'm i can't take it today this is what it's like every day by the way every day this is the life for those out there who thought real estate was an easy career right all you got to do is call and talk to Christine. Uh-huh. She'll tell you the truth. I will. I will. By the way, some other really fun things this week, though, I'm going to, I, I want to just throw in like on top of everything else. Um, we got to celebrate the 50 years of um, one of our local agents in real estate. 50 years 50 as an years agent. As an agent. So Patty Brady, who's, uh, she was part of, um, she had her own agency for a long time uh, and then, uh, recently had gone to Keller Williams. So she celebrated and it was really nice. They invited all the agents, um, you know, in the area to come and wish her well um, at the office and they had a nice cake. It was, uh, it was really lovely. And it's nice to celebrate someone um, who has, you know, really 
been a force for real estate in your local area. So it was uh, that was a pleasure. Um, and it was nice to see everyone who showed up to to celebrate her as well. That's great. Um, so I that, can't imagine. Right. Yeah. That was really fun. Um, another thing. Right. Uh, we were kind of talking about doing um, market analysis right before uh, we left. Another thing agents can do sometimes is a broker opinion of price. Right. Um, possibly for another agent or for a company who is maybe looking to buy a property off market, right? And they need to get an idea of what that is or for a bank who's gonna list a short sale to get an idea of, you know, and they'll send out a couple, you know, they'll try to coordinate with a couple different agents to get everyone's opinion. So they know that they're they're listing it in the, in the right way. Um, so I did a few of those this week. And uh, one of the ones I did, you know, I, I can't, I don't know the full story. It was for an agent that I had done a transaction with and it was in New Jersey. He wasn't licensed in New Jersey. And so he told me what he was hoping the value would come in at. And that's nice. You can tell me whatever you want, but you know, I'm going to work to the numbers. It's my reputation. I'm, right. you know, that's what I'm, so I can't even come close to what he would like it to come in at. I'm like, I'm looking and I'm like, why does he, like, I don't know enough of the situation there to know, is it personal for him? Over, or, under, how, how, oh, um, he, I am way under what he wants it to come okay. in at. Okay. And um, like, and it's an aggressive market now. Like I could, I could be aggressive and I'm like, how aggressive would I have to be? I'm like, yeah, no, I can't get there. So I'm like, okay, I'm going to have to call him today and then just talk through with him what, uh, you know, what I'm seeing um, and where I think it's going to come in at and make sure he still wants me to do that. Or if he wants, you know, to find someone else who maybe can get him what he wants. I don't know. Um, so this was this, but this this person is is a potential customer or listing, right? Or I'm unclear. Like, um, so because I'm doing a broker opinion of oh, price, oh, oh, there I is see, see. there is no expectation that I'd be the listing agent. This is like a you pay me by the hour kind of a thing, ah, right? Like, okay. how much do you charge to do that? Is it right. commercial properties? Like, what what is right, it that right? Right? Is it multiple property? Right? And I I come up with how long I think it's going to take. I give them a number. They say, okay, sure. I do the work. I hand it in. I get paid. Right? Okay. So. Um, another another revenue stream that some agents kind of work through. Well, that's good. I mean that that but that that service provides sort of a level set moment for yeah. the customer, right? right? And uh, and they say, okay, well, I'm hoping that it's going to come in at a hundred thousand. You're like, well, it's really only worth ten. <laughs> <Right>. Correct, <laughs> correct. Um, and so there's that. And then um, you know, every once in a while, you come across a scenario where you know you have like wait like no no don't touch that yeah i have no it's no my don't. favorite i have <laughs> no no don't buy that um so which i yep. never i can never say to someone just like that but you know i have a client who has put three offers in on a house she's escalated a little higher each time um the seller has gone online and changed their price oh to be higher oh right so when I first put the offer in, we were below their asking price. And the guy's like, well, he wants over his asking price. I'm like, what? Because like I, I said, I put the offer and I haven't heard back. He's like, yeah, he, it's too low to respond. I go, it's, it's not too low. The asking price is here. He's like, well, he doesn't want the asking price. He wants over it. And I'm like, what, what, why doesn't he just list it for what he wants so that we're not playing a guessing game here? Yeah. And he's like, well, I've tried to advise him of that, but he, he, doesn't, he, he, want, he doesn't want to do that. So we put a second offer in, then they raised the price. Now the price is not in the ballpark of what my client wants. And she's heartbroken a little bit and yeah. upset. And yeah. it's like, why won't they take my offer? She's starting to feel like it's personal. Yeah. Right. She doesn't understand that, you know. It's money. Th th in this guy, it's a business and he's got a vision for what he wants. And 
he thought he was going to price low and get competition and he priced low and didn't get the competition but he still wants what he wants um and you know she's she's and and the guy was you know this listing agent does not list his cell phone number only lists an office number was not in the office all weekend so i've i've been unable to get her a response um because the seller did not respond to our third offer oh, so wow. you know at this point in time what i just want to say to her is this guy doesn't actually want to sell this house yeah. i don't i don't know why he has it listed sometimes you know i've run into these things where sometimes things are listed because they're court ordered to be listed right and the people who are selling it don't actually want to sell it but like it has to be there yeah like a divorce sometimes or um uh maybe there's a bankruptcy mm. um i've had i've had one instance where the guy was in jail um and was court ordered to sell his um his assets so he listed them at unsellable numbers um because he didn't want to actually do that and was hoping to get out of jail and still own the stuff like you know it's like all you like the stuff you you come into it's like you're like wait what is happening here how do i explain and you know a part of you is like as a listing agent you represent the needs of your seller and you have to you're bound right it's a fiduciary responsibility keep keep that stuff um to yourself mm -hmm. right and as a buyer's agent i have a fiduciary responsibility to my people to find out everything i can right and so sometimes what you wish was just clearly stated somewhere is not and now you're running you know you're running like crazy trying to figure out what is going on with this property why can't i get a response why is it why is everything that coming out of the the listing agent's mouth sound crazy Right. And like, then you're just like, okay, let's see what else might be going on here that he, you know, can't tell me. So, I mean, at that point, I mean, and it's not that easy to just say, okay, let's not go for this one. Let's make an offer on another one because there's limited inventory in the market and, right. and, this and house, your client right. loves it. Right. And right? If, right, this house fits, like she has some pretty specific needs and this house met, met them all and we haven't found a lot that met them all. So that's a tough place to be. It is. And, um, you know, Every day she's just like, you know, did you tell them this? Did you tell them this? Did you mention this? You know, you got to tell them that, you know, the market isn't going to support that number. It's not in a raise. I'm like, I've told them all of these things, it's, but I can't make someone take a number they don't want to, period. I said, and I don't know that you want to buy a house that someone doesn't actually want to sell because you're going to spend money on inspections, right? And at the end of the day, if these guys don't want to sell it, they're going to come up with a reason not to. I mean, that's the reality. Yeah. Yeah, uh, I I mean it's uh, it it is tough, but I mean as a it's tough. It's got to be emotionally stressful for the client and for you as well. I mean, in this not knowing, I mean it's sort of this. I'm okay with anything as long as people are telling me what the facts are, right? right? Yeah, and I I can justify these things in my head and understand them and digest them. But when you just don't know, it's just that big cloud out there, right? How do you how do you how do you stay comfortable in that situation and deliver the best value to your customer? It's hard. It is. It is hard because you, you know, you're, I have clients that like in this case, this woman, we've been working together for three years. That's a right? long time. It's a long time and have not found, found the, the house. And we put offers in on a few of them. We didn't get them. Right. It's not that it's not like we didn't try. Um, it's just that she was very, she knows what she's willing to spend um she like she has a strong opinion when something she feels is overpriced she's not gonna um get involved even though it's competitive right and i tell her there are multiple offers if you want it we need to be in this range nope it's worth this put the offer in at that okay right so to get into a house where it's not competitive 
she put an offer in pretty close to asking and then was the asking price got changed on her like she's she's just not ready yeah. ready to hear yeah. this guy just doesn't want to sell the house well i guess that's his prerogative you know uh and like you said there is may it, be... i mean but really is it i mean you listed uh... it you've at a certain number then you get an offer and you change your number mm, yeah that starts to feel like does he not want to sell to this person right like what's going on there it's a harder story to explain away to someone and you got a lot of fair housing things out there that can can make someone question why did they do that hmm fair housing things out there what is uh, right so let's so let's just say i'm like i want to buy um houses for sale for 300,000. Mm -hmm. I put an offer in and now the offer is 350 and I'm going to say, "Oh, did they change that price because I'm a woman?" Oh. Did they change that price because of my religion? Mm -hmm. Did they change that price because of my race? Right? There's like th now they this guy might say, "Well, I don't know what what any of those things are." Well, maybe you do, maybe you don't. Are there cameras? Are there not? Are there right? Did you look at my name and make some assumptions? I don't know. Um and the answer is I don't think it's any of those things in this case. But that doesn't mean that my buyer doesn't think something else is going on, right? It's like, it's it's an uncomfortable and hard thing to explain away when I can't even get the listing agent to call me back. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right? So, so that listing agent won't call you back. It's this listing agent is texting you nonstop. Well, <laughs> this is, there's got to be a middle ground, Chris. How do you, you know... Yeah. No, nothing. We just roll with it. Like uh, then, just, that, we just that, that's then that that is the thing. At the end of the day, a good agent doesn't take anything personal, right? Tries to get to the bottom of whatever the issue is to solve it, so we can move past it. So I can stop with the calls or the texts or the whatever, right? And that I'm advocating for my clients to get them what they want. There are a few good things though about being a real estate agent. I love being a real estate agent. I wouldn't do anything else. Why do you love it? Um, so even though I work well more than forty hours a week. Um, it provides me the flexibility, and I don't want to say to choose those hours, but to some point I can block certain times that I need to be present for my kids, mm -hmm. um, or, you know, we're going to go they away. Got a cheerleading thing on a Saturday. Every Saturday from like feels like six <laughs> months, but yes. Um, you know, it's, it, it is, it is, when you're a real estate agent, it's your own business. And I think that's what it is, right? Which is rewarding in itself. It is. Oh, we're out of time. Holy goodness. Well, until next week. <laughs>